Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast, Giants week three reaction. Didn't end too well. The first half of football, even like two and a half quarters, was pretty uh, competitive for the most part. But of course, the Niners pulled away as many expected. The Giants lose 12 to 30, fall to one and two on the season. And that's, you know, two out of three games where they have not looked that great against elite teams of course you know this was better than Dallas I'll give them that but still not trending in the right direction in terms of competing with the top teams in this NFC I mean look big picture wise we know the Giants are probably still a year or two away from being at that type of level but you would hope that this team would show more fight now to be fair you're missing two very important pieces on offense in Andrew Thomas and Saquon Barkley you missed Aziz Ojolari on defense. I get all that. But there were still things from this game that I just was not too encouraged by. There were some things where it's like, okay, that was good to see. But I feel like there were more negatives than positives in a game like this. Especially coming off that thrilling second half comeback victory versus Arizona. Of course, this is a way different environment. But still. Anyway, we'll get into the game. Hope you guys enjoy. Leave a like as always, and let's get into it. We'll start with the Giants offense as always, and uh, the first thing that really stood out to me was the time of possession and how just lopsided it was. The Niners held the ball for 39 minutes and 10 seconds. The Giants had the ball for 20 minutes and 50 seconds. So, I mean, almost two times as many, you know, almost two times as much as the Giants had in the ball. I mean, that's that's terrible. The Niners had 441 total yards to the Giants, 150. 300 passing yards for the Niners. The Giants had 121. 141 rushing yards for the Niners, only 29 for the Giants. And um, it was, you know, I did not expect the Giants running backs to have a good game in this one because without Saquon and versus a great run defense, it's tough to get things going. But... I expected Daniel Jones to have more success on the ground. He only had two carries for five yards. So maybe San Fran did a good job just game planning and not letting him escape the pocket and making him more of a pocket passer, which is probably the right thing to do. They did a good job also just bracketing um, Darren Waller, just pushing him at the line, not giving him free releases, and letting guys like Slayton and Paris Campbell and Wandell Robinson, Isaiah Hodgins, those type of guys try to beat you. And for the most part, they couldn't. Um, Slayton had the one nice catch right before halftime, but not much else. He had a garbage time catch as well. Got a late hit on him, almost got in a fight with somebody. There were some, you know, near brawls in this game. Um, you can tell by the thumbnail, there was a guy getting punched in the face. There was Sean Robinson getting punched in the face by Trent Williams, who um, didn't get ejected for some reason. I figured they would, you know, maybe see what happened at halftime. I don't know if they could, like, go back and review something at halftime and throw a guy out. I feel like you may have to do it in the moment, but still like to punch some guy in the face, um, wasn't his face. It was like his face mask, but still it's like, come on, that's a little excessive there. But, um, it was competitive for the first half. The Giants showed some life in the third quarter, but ultimately you're not going to win games. Just, you know, kicking field goals. The Giants had that one touchdown to Matt Breda, that was nice. Like, you don't see that very often. Like, the C is just open there for Matt Breda. Like, you don't see the 49ers run defense, like, ever give up an easy kind of walk-in touchdown like that. The Giants offensive line was great on that particular play. There were also plays where the Giants offensive line was not good. There was the play where Shane Lemieux got destroyed 
by Javon Hargrave, who, you know, terrorized us with the Eagles, and now he's back doing it with the 49ers. Evan Neal wasn't, like, awful. I mean, there was the one play that I do believe was more on Daniel Bellinger. I would say it's more on coaching because the whole just design of that play was so stupid. It was the second offensive drive. Giants backed up inside their own 10-yard line or so, and they run this play action, and as Jones turns around, Nick Bosa's unblocked in his face, and Jones got sacked at like the one or two-yard line. And for some reason... Bellinger was supposed to block Nick Bosa, but he wasn't even lined up in front of him. Like he was over, like shifted over like a couple yards to his right. And for some reason, he was supposed to be the guy blocking Nick Bosa on that play. And it's like, how did you expect that to work? Did nobody see this at the line? Did Daniel Jones not realize like, hey, this might not work here? Like, who do you blame for that? I don't know. Like, I just feel like that was just doomed from the start. And that drive was just done for. They did get a nice punt by Jamie Gillen right after that, so that's the one positive. But, like, you don't want to ruin your drive on the first play getting sacked because the reigning defensive player of the year is unblocked. Like, that's, you just can't have that. Um, Marcus McKeithen had some bad moments. He had that one stupid face mask slash holding call against him. Um, he had a couple rough reps in this one. Um, I mentioned Shane Lemieux. I feel like JMS wasn't that bad. I mean, of course, I have to, like, go back and watch. But, like, I feel like he wasn't that bad watching this game. He might have done, like, one thing wrong, I feel like. But still, wasn't, like, awful. And I know people will blame the offensive line, as, you know, this fan base tends to do. But I don't think they were awful tonight. Sure, there were a handful of plays where Jones had no chance. And, like, he just kind of ran away or threw the ball away. Um, and I don't blame him for that. But, like, I feel like for the most part... I feel like the pass rushes and offensive lines were kind of equal. Like, the Giants actually got pressure on Brock Purdy, which was nice to see because the Giants had not been able to get pressure the entire season so far. I mean, it's only been two, three games, but still, like, they have not shown much pressure. We saw the first sack of the season in, in this game from Kayvon Thibodeau. We saw one later from Leonard Williams, which was nice to see because in my preview to this game, I was saying, hey, can we get a play from you guys? Like Leonard Williams, Kayvon Thibodeau, can you make a play? So they did, but unfortunately didn't really change the final score. But my point is Brock Purdy was definitely pressured a good amount. So to say the Giants offensive line was like the only bad offensive line in this game, I don't think that's true. Like, yes, they had their bad moments. And you know, to put it on Daniel Jones now, like he definitely did miss some throws. There was, you know, a couple to Darren Waller specifically. There was the one big third down play. I'll try to look up the situation of what happened here, but it was like third down and nine had to have it type situation. And he had, he had Waller. I don't know if it was like a deep slant or whatever the hell you want to call it, but Waller would have had the first down if it was a good throw. And Jones had a clean pocket on this play. Of course, there were some people on Twitter or X that were trying to say that there was pressure on the play. But when you go back and watch it, there was no pressure. Like this is a throw to a 6-6 tight end that you have to make. It technically hit Waller in the hands, but he had to leave his feet and he was running full speed. Like that's a tough play to make. Like if you've been in that situation before running full speed and jumping and trying to make a catch, it's tough to do. So I can't really put that on Darren Waller. I do think there was a throw to Waller that I do blame more on him than Jones that I think most people would blame more on Jones, if that makes any sense at all. But there was the one play, I believe it was a third down as well. And they tried like a back shoulder down the right sideline. Giants were going left to right on the screen. And, um, Darren Waller was just late to adjust to it, 
and I feel like if he adjusted earlier, he probably would have had it. Um, Isaiah Oliver was the guy in coverage on that play. I'm trying to find like when that was exactly. I feel like it might have been in the first half, second quarter, late second quarter, but that play was big as well. Oh, I found that it, it was like mid third quarter or maybe early fourth quarter. I put he was a uh, it was a third and medium type play, and Waller should have adjusted to the ball earlier, is what I wrote. But there was the one later too where DJ threw too high for Waller on a third and long would have been a first down. So like there's that as well. And there was the one before halftime where if Waller caught this ball, he probably would have gotten down to like the 20 yard line or so. And it would have made it a much easier field goal for Graham Gano. But of course, Gano being the great kicker he is, he made the 57 yard field goal. But on that slant play, you could tell pre-snap that ball was going to Darren Waller. It was like a one-on-one situation. He quickly ran a slant. And if Jones hit him in like, you know, the vicinity of where the ball had to be, you know, I'm not going to say he would have went for a touchdown, but that would have been like a nice 15, 20-yard game. But instead, Waller had to fully extend. And yeah, you can argue he probably could have caught that ball. But like, as the quarterback, when you have time, like you have to put that ball on him. And as I've said, when Jones had that contract, there's no more excuses. Like, sure, you can give me some offensive line excuses sometimes, but like when you're not putting the ball where it has to be, when you have a clean pocket, that's a problem like I can't have that like you have to put that on your tight end let him run 15 20 yards and give Graham Gano a, a 34 yard attempt instead of a 57 yard attempt like that's a big difference and if Gano missed that then that would have been the difference right there but as I said luckily he was able to make it there weren't many deep shots either and I do want to take a look at like next gen stats and see if they have Jones's passing chart up right now there was one play late in the game I feel like it was over by that point I think it was the last drive that Jones was in they they had um Jalen Hyatt on a one-on-one situation didn't take a shot at him, which is like kind of annoying. I kind of wish they just took that because it was like, what was the score at that point? It was like 30-12. Like, just take the shot. Like, what's the worst that could happen? And then right after that, they try to force a, you know, slant to uh, to Waller. The corner or safety just timed it up perfectly, hit Waller in the back right as that ball got there. The ball got popped up right to uh, Hufanga, and he picked it off. So, um... I'm trying to load here. My internet's like garbage right now. So I'm going to try and go off the PC and see if I can pull up the next gen stats charts. Hopefully it's there. Oh yes. Here we go. All right. So Jones had no throws attempted over 25 yards, which like, it makes sense. There's the one deep throw to Slayton down the left sideline, which is obvious. Actually, no, that was, that was uh, incomplete. Who the hell was that to? I forget that play. There's one down the right sideline for about 24 yards as well. So point is, like, the Giants didn't take many deep shots in this game. Um, Maybe that was part of the game plan because they probably expected the Niners' pass rush to be ferocious, and the Giants had a bad offensive line today. Bredesen was out. Thomas was out. You know about the struggles that, uh, you know, Evan Neal has had, and you have McKeithen, who's very inexperienced. Izuda's very inexperienced and JMS is inexperienced. Like you didn't want to have your offensive line try to hold up for that long. So I do get that part of it. So yeah, no deep shots in this game, kind of annoying, but like I get it from a coaching standpoint. And by the way, not that people care anymore. I feel like it's old news, but it did seem like Brian Dable was calling the plays early in this game. They showed Kafka in the booth, and he was just not moving his mouth or anything. And then you, they, they panned the Brian Dable, and he's got, like, a plate sheet in his hand, and he's talking. So I would think, especially in the first quarter, it was Brian Dable. I don't know if that changed or not, but I feel like Dable was calling the plays earlier in this game. I'm trying to think what else was bad with the offense. There was the first drive out of halftime where 
You had two wide receivers run into each other. It was Hyatt and Slayton, I believe. I'm just guessing, of course. I would think that maybe Hyatt ran the wrong route. I can't imagine that two guys were just running zigzags like this is backyard football. Like, I don't think that's the case. So, you know, maybe Hyatt ran the wrong route. I don't know, but that kind of killed that drive on a third down. And plus, the offensive line broke down on that play anyway. The Giants did get some special teams help. There was the um, play where there was a um, fair catch interference, and the Giants took over at San Fran's 37-yard line. And then Waller had the, actually, that's the play, the left sideline throw I didn't remember. So there was the left sideline throw to Waller where it forced a um, a flag for pass interference. And by the way, so many flags tonight, so many. Like there were some dumb ones. There were some that were like warranted, but I feel like on national TV, these refs really wanted to have some airtime because my God, some of these calls were soft. I mean, of course, as I said, some are warranted, but just crazy. Anyway, so that great field position of the PI after that, and then Matt Breda scored the touchdown to make it a five-point game. They failed the two-point conversion. So, I mean, that's it. You pretty much had the interception just, just under four minutes to go. That was pretty much it for the offense. But I read out the stats, like the total yards and everything. It just wasn't even close. The time of possession was just... I don't know, just not even close. So there were a lot of penalties, yes. So 12 total penalties, 71 yards for the Niners, only 37 for the Giants, but still, like, that's just 12 penalties is pretty crazy. The Niners also ran 78 total plays to the Giants' 46. The Niners were 9 for 16 on third down, which we'll get to in the defensive part coming up. Um, They also had 26 first downs. The Giants only, only had 10. 26 to 10 for first downs. Pretty insane. Defensively, it was just frustrating all night because there were so many times where the Niners had a third and medium, a third and long, and it felt like they converted every single one of them. And that's going to kill you, obviously. And also, tackling was bad. Tackling and giving them third down and longs converted to first downs were probably the demise of this defense and also the talent gap. The talent gap is there. You have rookie corners. Banks was out like the entire second half, basically. Um, Darnay Holmes was playing some key snaps, and that just didn't go well for the most part. He had one good play, but for the most part, didn't go too well. I believe he had like a key holding play on Depot Samuel on a third down, of course. So that extended that drive. But guys like Micah McFadden, even Bobby Okereke, I mean, shout out to them. They played well. Um, you know, Leonard Williams had a couple nice plays. He had a good run stop, had the sack, as I mentioned. Um... Nobody else stood out that much. I think Kayvon made a couple nice plays. He had a sack too, which was nice. But yeah, nothing too great defensively, like individually. I think Micah McFadden, it was funny because he missed a tackle on somebody. I think it might have been like Elijah Mitchell or something. I don't know. But he missed a tackle on somebody. Then he made he made two tackles right after that. And we're all bashing Micah McFadden on Twitter. We're like, this guy stinks, blah, blah, blah. And then he just, like, plays like a madman going forward. Like, he makes the next two tackles. He was great the rest of the game. So just when you're ready to count out Micah McFadden, like, he was awesome. So I give him credit. And Bobby Okereke, especially in, like, the first quarter, first half even, like, he definitely showed up a lot, kind of tailed off in the second half, it felt like. But he was definitely... Um, making his presence felt early. The first drive was annoying because the Giants could have easily had like three interceptions that drive. There was like the crazy play where, I think this was later in the game, but there was that crazy play where the ball got tipped up and landed into another 49ers receiver's hands. It's like that that just, as I said, coming into the year, like the Giants got a lot of breaks last year. The ball bounced their way. 
it was going to revert to the mean eventually, and it has so far. The Giants have not gotten the lucky bounces. Every single Daniel Jones pass that's been batted has basically been intercepted. Like There's the Saquon play from the Cowboy game. There was the Saquon from Arizona. There was the one today where Waller got hit by the corner. It popped up in the air. Like Every single one's getting intercepted. And, and the Giants had a couple plays today where they got a hand on a Brock Purdy pass, and it fell to the ground. And at one point, it fell into a 49ers receiver's hands. So that type of stuff, as I said, the ball bounces your way sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. Unfortunately, uh, last year, it bounced in their favor plenty of times. This year so far, it has not been the case. But Adoree Jackson, I highlighted him. Like He came out with some fire. He had a couple nice pass breakups early, so that was good to see from him. Um, he did get shaken up in this game at one point, but I do think he came back in. On the third defensive drive was where things got frustrating. So, you know, that was the drive where McKinney rocked Debo Samuel, but there was a flag, so it didn't count. Then he forced a... a um, incompletion to George Kittle, which would have made it like a third and five or so, but he forced an incompletion. Then on third and 15, just when you think you have the Niners, they throw a screen to Debo Samuel that went for 30 freaking yards. And I would love to sit here and be mad at the Giants for that. Of course, it's annoying, but let's not act like Debo Samuel has not kind of sunned the entire rest of the NFL. Like that man is just built different. Yes, it's un it's unacceptable. I get it. But like, He's kind of like Marshawn Lynch as a wide receiver. Like he just, his balance is insane. He can just bounce off tackles. It's just, that's how he is. He's just a madman. Here's the McFadden play I was talking about. So McFadden missed a tackle on Christian McCaffrey. He gained nine yards on that play after that missed tackle. Then McFadden had a tackle on Debo, then had a tackle on, on Elijah Mitchell. So he was making plays right after that. I feel like after that missed tackle on CMC, McFadden was just like, nah, he just snapped out of it and just played much better. Third and 13, there was that slip screen to McCaffrey. Isaiah Simmons could have made the play maybe, but he didn't. And McCaffrey picked up a third and 13 for a first down. Then the guy, Ronnie Bell, who I've never heard of, scored a touchdown. Ronnie Bell also had the uh, crazy catch that was batted in the air, and it came down into his hands. So Ronnie Bell had quite the uh, nice game and lucky game in some sense. Um, but the defense on that drive allowed a third and 15, a third and 13, and a third and five to be converted. So if you're doing that on defense and not getting off the field on third down, that is going to lead to your demise. And that's what happened with the Giants there. There was the third and 12 play where Leonard Williams had a roughing the passer. George Kittle made a catch and he was just short of the first down, but roughing the passer gave them the first down anyway. So that's another play where it's just stupid. Like, you don't need to rough the passer. Now, I think it's soft. I think that is a soft play where you're expecting these defensive linemen to not put any weight on the quarterback. I mean, this is Brock Purdy. It's not Tom Brady, for God's sake. But one of those plays where it's been a rule for a few years now. So I don't hate it because it's in the rule book. But at the same time, like, you're watching this and being like, how the hell is Leonard Williams supposed to not put any weight on this quarterback that he's tackling? Like, it just makes no sense. So um, he put too much weight on Brock Purdy. They called roughing the passer, and they got a first down. Then right after that, um, McCaffrey had the rushing touchdown, so that drive ended pretty badly. There was that play. It was the first play right after the Matt Breda touchdown to make it a five-point game, 12-17. to First play for the Niners was a huge gain by Debo Samuel. He had, like, four broken tackles, and... That was the story of the night. Every time the Giants did something, it felt like when they did something offensively, it felt like the Niners would get the ball and do something right away on the first play. That's what it felt like. And Debo did that on this first play. 
Right after that, though, Leonard Williams got the sack, but there was a late defensive holding call on third and four that drive, holding on Darnay Holmes, which I believe was on Debo Samuel as well. And that made it an automatic first down in the red zone. There was the third and eight play. This was the one where Brian Dable was livid. And I don't blame him because this was a stupid call. And I don't even think it was beyond five yards. I mean, I have to go back and look. But I feel like that was just really borderline five yards. And they still threw the flag because why the hell not? Maybe it's like a home crowd type call. I don't know. But basically, Kayvon Thibodeau was dropped in the coverage, which I don't know why in the first place. But he tried to push George Kittle. Didn't even hold him, just pushed him with like his right arm, extended it, and they called, uh, you know, defensive holding or pass interference. And if that was within five yards of the line of scrimmage, they would not have thrown the flag. The refs thought it was beyond five yards, so they threw the flag. I think it was very borderline, so I, I just did not agree with that call. And Brian Dable went ballistic. The um, Niners had to settle for a field goal that drive that made it 20 to 12. So still a one possession game at that point. And then the ensuing drive was the play where Jones overthrew Waller. Niners got the ball right back, made it 23, 12. And that was pretty much it. I mean, not much else to say defensively after that. Debo had the long ass touchdown. It was like a cover zero. I think Giants were just sending a lot of guys. I, I think I saw the great Justin Pennick from Talking Giants had this screenshot the Giants blitzed on like 80, what is it? The Giants had an 84.6 blitz rate. It's the highest ever in a game in the um, the next-gen stats era, which I don't know how long that's been, probably you know at least five years or so. But 84.6% blitz rate is insane, and that's what Wink Martindale did today. And if you watch, like, yeah, some of those worked out to perfection. I just mentioned how the Niners settled for a field goal. Um you know, there was a, a series in the red zone where Purdy had to throw the ball out of bounds back-to-back plays because there was too much pressure. But in this particular situation where Purdy kind of just said, F it, I'll throw it to Debo down there somewhere, um, it worked out. And Debo made the catch in a cover zero. I forget who was on defense there. Mm, can't, I can't remember now, but it doesn't really matter. And there was also a play on that drive where Debo broke like another four or five tackles and had a nice gain. Um, it looked like he was hurt after, but I think he just like kind of landed the wrong way, but he was fine, came back in and scored a touchdown anyway. So um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, there's not much else to say about a game like this. Going forward though, the Giants have to win next week. Not to be dramatic, but I think they have to win next week because to look up their schedule quickly, which I will try to do if this internet would cooperate, we'll see. Oh, now it's fast. All right. Shout out to Optimum there. Um, so on week four, the Giants have the home game versus Seattle, Monday night football, which as I said in the preview video, like this is a pretty equal matchup. When I looked at the spread a couple days ago, it was Seattle by one which of course could change once again. But let's hypothetically say the Giants lose that game against Seattle. Even matchup, primetime game, let's say the Giants lose. They would drop to one and three. Then after that, they're at Miami, who they look like a freaking amazing team right now. Then they're at Buffalo. We know how good they are. Um, maybe Miami looks better so far, but I still think Buffalo is like one of the top five, six teams in the uh, NFL right now. So... If you lose to Seattle, you drop to one and three, you go to Miami, you'll probably be six and a half, seven point underdogs. You could drop to one and four. Then you go to Buffalo, you'll probably be five, six, seven point underdogs there. You might fall to one and five. 
Like, you have to win against Seattle. Like, that's a must-win, in my opinion. If you drop to 1-5, and five, I mean, sure, you can bounce back and win three straight against Washington, the Jets, the Raiders, but, like, you're asking for a lot there. To drop to 1-5 and five and expect to make a playoff run in this NFC that's actually been kind of good so far, which is surprising, the rest of this division's undefeated. I know that um, Trayvon Diggs tore his ACL today, which it sucks for the Cowboys, and I feel bad for him, but um, definitely big news there. But still, every other team in this division's undefeated. The Giants have every loss in this division so far with two. Um, Washington's 2-0. and I know they play some tough opponents coming up, so they'll lose some, I'm sure. Philly's undefeated. Cowboys are undefeated. They play the Cardinals. They'll probably beat them by 30. So... You know, they have to, they can't lose this many games here coming up. They have to find a way to, at minimum, take one of the next three games. And ideally, it'd be two, but it's a very tough schedule. It kind of lightens up after that, but, you know, the Giants do have a tough schedule the next month or so. So they have to figure it out. They have a lot of time off. It's pretty much like a bye week and a half, a lot of time here. It's, you know, not till October 2nd, I believe. They don't play their next game till. So, you know, I wish tonight was more encouraging for a full four quarters. It was for about two and a half once again. But, you know, as I said earlier, the talent discrepancy was big. They're a much better team. Um, Shanahan is just an amazing coach. And it's frustrating because, like, especially on the first drive for the Niners because they, they should have had, like, three interceptions. But I'm watching Brock Purdy. I'm like, this guy's not even that good. Like, yeah, he made some nice plays. He made that great out route throw to Kittle where he was pressured. He made the great throw to Debo for the uh, last touchdown. Like, he made some plays, of course, but he also threw some, like, just um, some ducks. It was, like, 2015 Peyton Manning-type throws. Like, it was bad. So, unfortunately for the Giants, no turnovers so far this year. None today. So, the defense has yet to do that. They at least got two sacks today, so I'll give them that. But still... Through three games, no turnovers for the Giants' defense. Maybe that comes to an end versus Geno Smith, who is a, you know, not as turnover-prone as he used to be, but Geno, you know, he'll make some mistakes here and there still. Anyway, that'll do it. It's past midnight. Got work tomorrow, so we'll rant about the Giants another day. But, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed. One and two start, but it's a tough schedule, and at least they won last week because if they got off to an 0-3 start and had this schedule coming up, probably would have been nailing the coffin time. So at least they came back and had that comeback in uh, Arizona. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed, and I'll talk to you guys next time.